Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Softball Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host tonight on the show, Colby Peterson. And we have with us on our panel tonight, we've got Jessica Euler returning to the panel. Jessica, how you been? I've been good. Um, The important question I've been asking everyone today that I need to know from all of you now is toilet paper over or under? Oh, uh, so flap goes down, right? Yeah. I got a flap for down. Okay. Yeah, gotta go over. Over. Okay. John, correct. Where, where are you at? Over. Yeah, I'm over. over. Yeah. The patent says over. I found people today who number one didn't care, which seems ridiculous. Like yeah. obviously you care. Take a stand. And then you know, crazy people who think under is the way to go. So you That's all sweet. pass. We can continue on with the podcast. Yeah, today. that just feels wrong. <laughs> it is totally wrong. Um, also on the show tonight, we've got the signpost own Simon Mortensen, fresh off of an interview himself doing double duty on media tonight. Simon, how you been? I'm doing good. It's a, it's end of semester. And like I said, on that men's basketball show, you have to peel it off like a bat, like, um, you know, bandaid slowly. It is a, it's mm. a force to be reckoned with. So yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, good. Uh, no. <laughs> Glad to have you both on tonight. Um, we On tonight's show, we have a player interview. We're going to be talking with freshman outfielder. You already heard from her there, Gianna Mamoli. She's going to be talking to us a little bit about her journey to Weber State. Then we got a weekend review, bleeding into the week a little bit because of last night's game, Tuesday night's game in Utah State. So we'll have the two games against Utah and then last night's game against Utah State. Then I've got a game prepared for our panel this week. We're playing Factor Cap. I went and took a look at some of the conference stats. We're going to see if our panel can smell a rat. Uh, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team um, or to get Weber State Weekly in your ears. Social media, the place where you can interact with the Weber State Weekly team. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and then also we have Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Um, and just nice folks. We want to appreciate shout out to all of our patrons right now, helping us pay the bills and... Um, Really appreciate all of you for being willing to, to do that. So thank you to our patrons. If you're interested in becoming one, Weber State, go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. That's your spot. And then a shout out to our sponsor tonight, Studio 98. Um, if you're looking for a ring that's not boring, it's not lame, really cool, locally made, Studio 98, they're, they're your folks. They're a local jeweler run by a fellow Wildcat. He's a former football player, loves purple and white just as much as you and me. Uh, check out their website. They got a lot of interesting woods that they use to make their rings. And then uh, I've seen that uh, a couple of folks on Twitter have been posting their flying W rings lately. So he's been getting those out as well. So reach out to him. Might make you one. Just hit him up. Studio 98. Uh, you can f- look at their website. That's studio98.com. Studio N-I-N-E and the number 8.com. Appreciate them and their support of Weber State Weekly. So let's uh, let's move to our player interview now. We want to welcome freshman outfitter Gianna Mamoli to Weber State Weekly. Gianna, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, excited. Yeah, we're excited as well. Um, it's been, uh, it's, it, we've talked about this a lot on the show about how it's been just an absolutely historic run for the Wildcats. Now looking at conference play, which is sort of, uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, non-conference is always really, really big and important, but now getting into mm-hmm. conference play, that means we're getting close to conference tournament time, which will be in Ogden again this year. But let's start yeah. from the beginning. You hail originally from the desert, from Gilbert, Arizona, uh, where you were a standout player at your high school, in uh, Mesquite High School, won Defensive Player of the Year in 2021 in your region. Um, how did Weber State get on your radar? You know, like uh, the, the desert is a, is a place that uh, seems very far away from the mountains of Ogden, Utah. Yeah, so um, honestly, I was just playing tournaments for club ball and um, Coach House and Coach Amicone were watching me play. Um, so that's why I heard about the school and my coaches that I was playing for at the time told me that they had interest in me. So I just started looking into Weber and came here for a few camps and just fell in love with the area. You know, it's still pretty close to home. So it's not a far travel for my parents to come watch me play or for me to go back home. Um, just love the mountains, love the team, just like the whole like atmosphere I felt and like the environment just felt like such a good loving home away from home, as one would say. It just felt so good to be here. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I noted was that, I mean, somewhat similar, but also different uh, in that, you know, it's not as hot as Gilbert is. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, I guess in the summertime, it can get kind of hot. But um, 
So for you, you talked about, you know, being reached out, you were on the coach's radar. They had seen you play. They knew you were out there that you were playing good softball down in the Phoenix area. And mm-hmm. so they reach out and they say, Hey, we're interested. And then eventually I'm sure the offer comes. What's the deciding factor for you to say, you know what, of all of the places I could play college softball, I'm going to choose Ogden and I'm going to become a wildcat. Um, like kind of like I just said before, like I just loved, I loved how close it was because a few other options in my mind, I wanted to go East coast possibly because I have some family up there too, mm. but I really wanted to stay close to home. And I just loved the feel here. I loved the connection I had with the coaches and the players that were helping me out at camps. This just like, as soon as I came here, I just knew this was the right choice. It was just cause before that it was a scary feeling. I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know what I wanted to study, all that. But when I came here, it just, it all felt like it made sense. And I just knew it was the right choice. Terrific. Uh, Jessica or Simon, questions for out, freshman outfielder, Gianna Mamoli. Yeah. Um, so I actually, um, one of my reporters, I um, got him to interview um, Mika Chong recently um, about, you know, becoming a, you know, coming in as a freshman and uh, playing for um a team with a lot of seniors, everything like that. Um, and Kobe talked about how you were a standout player at Mesquite, um, but like your senior, your stats, 532 uh, for your batting average, two home runs, you had 33 hits, everything like that. Um, and one of the things that I'm, uh, I'm kind of curious about is what, what is it like to, you know, come to Weber state and kind of have to, you know, start again as a freshman and, and build your way up to, um, you know, where you're going to be as a senior. Um, it's definitely a change for sure. I knew it was going to be different, but I didn't realize how different until I really got here, you know, trying to not be that awkward little freshman in the corner, but not trying to be like too much to the seniors where they're like, Oh my gosh, like calm down. Um, just kind of like finding my way, just like looking to the upperclassmen for help and other girls in my class. Cause we were all confused. Didn't really know what was going on, but it was, it was easier than I expected. I wasn't as stressed out. I was honestly more stressed out for the little things like going to the grocery store and having to buy my own groceries and make my own meals. I was more stressed for that than anything, but, um, now it feels pretty good. I feel like I know what I should be doing, um, softball wise, school wise. And I just made a lot of good friends here that helps out a lot. Definitely. Awesome. So, so far, it seems like Coach Amy Cohn rolls you out for some of the really big games. You were in for A&M, UCLA, San Diego State, and Utah. Um, how has playing against that level of competition really helped you make the jump to D1 college softball? How are you, how are you feeling with those games? <laughs> they were definitely exciting games. I was really happy I was in the lineup for those games, but just trying to take the nerves out of it. Obviously, I'm going to feel a little nervous playing against those big teams, but um, just trying to relax and trust my abilities and know that I'm here for a reason and that coaches trust me. So I should fully trust myself and everything that I do. And it was just great. It was just exciting. This is what I've dreamed for my whole life playing in games like that. So it's just awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And big games they were. I mean, some of those, you know, like the A&M win, the Utah win, um, San Diego State got a win against them. I mean, big, big time wins for this program. I mean, we've talked a lot about that on the show thus far this season about the fact this is a historic run for the out of conference schedule and probably one of the toughest the Wildcats have seen as well. And so it's sort of this perfect high water mark of not only is the team, you know, laden with seniors and very, very talented freshmen like yourself, but rising to the challenge of a tough schedule and coming out with a 22 and eight record as conference play gets underway. So Jen, I wanted to talk a little bit about, of course, we talked about you being out there and playing against that tough competition um, and being a part of that big California trip, which included a lot of those big games. Like we're talking about A&M, UCLA, Cal State, Fullerton, um, San Diego State two times. And then at the very end, I think you had your best defensive game yet as a wildcat three putouts against San Diego at the end of that long road trip was about two weeks. Talk to us about how the team was able to kind of keep it together on that long and extended road trip. And, you know, obviously there were some bumps, there were some good teams, but overall come out with a really, really good record. What did you guys learn through that process? Um, honestly, we just learned because throughout the whole trip, we started off pretty hot and then, 
when you're on a long trip like that, you, like you're saying, a little bumps in the road along the way, but we really just came together, even though we were tired. Um, we had to have a long bus ride home. We knew that we just had to like stay together and fight the last couple games. Cause we knew just get through this and then we'll have a little break. So we really just came together and got gritty and just find a way. We just like simplified it. Didn't do too much. Just did what we need to do to win the game. Play Weber state softball. Yeah. And play Weber state softball. You did, uh, that, that last weekend, um, beating San Diego state. And then San Diego was actually the host in that one. And so you all ended up beating the host, which is that weird? Like, it's like, technically it's their home field, but does it feel like it's their home field? Like, talk to us about that. I mean, I don't know. It felt pretty normal. Like probably didn't feel as good for them. Cause that's their home field. You don't want to lose on home field, but yeah. we just got to go out there and do our thing, no matter where we're playing or who we're playing against. Yeah. Just cause I, I just wondered with some of these, these like uh, tournaments where it's like, you have a lot of teams coming in. There are a lot of games going on. You're playing those games. Technically it's your field, but I mean, they, maybe they travel some fans too, because you're there for the whole weekend. And I just, mm -hmm. I just wonder if those, if those really feel like home games to those teams, you know? Yeah. We for sure had a lot of fans too. So stands were pretty, the stands are pretty packed with fans from both teams. So it's a pretty good environment. Yeah, I mean, do, do Wildcat fans travel pretty well for for softball matches on the road like that? I mean, I know that there are a lot of recruits that come out of Southern California, of course, and so their mm -hmm. families are nearby and able to watch. But I mean, do you all see a, a fair number of Wildcats on the road for those big, long, extended trips that are kind of far away from Ogden? Yeah, a lot of our preseason games, we had a lot of our family there. Like my parents came think to every preseason tournament except for one I know we had a lot of California families who were out there for that whole week-long trip but I know a lot of the Utah parents travel too I think our our fans like to travel a lot so it's great yeah that's awesome and the game Sunday with the stands were just packed on a Sunday for the second <laughs> Utah game that was just awesome and to I, I think it's so fun to see all the fans come out and watch you play. So it's awesome that they travel, but I'm really excited to see what the stands look like already this year. So it's, it's always fun to see, you know, our fans support women's sports. So it's been fun to see. Yeah, for sure. So last night um, was a heartbreaker. It was back and forth there for a little while. Um, and what do you think, again, and that was the game against Utah State, of course, for those listening. So what happened in that game, do you think, that allowed the Aggies to stay in it, even though the Wildcats were able to score four runs, or ten runs, four runs? <laughs> yeah, it was, on, it was honestly just an offensive battle. We scored ten runs, and they just kept coming back every single time. We didn't let off the gas pedal offensively. We just kept going, kept going. It was a really good game for us in that aspect. They just, they just found a way. They found a way. I, I'm not sure how, but they did. We just, it was really exciting. A lot of great hits from both sides. This is a good game all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mentioned being there and seeing, you know, all that offense. I mean, that's that's what fans like, right? When you go to a game, it's like I want to. I don't want to see a pitcher's duel. I want to see. I want to see balls flying everywhere, right? And that was definitely that game last night in Logan for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but that was the third time in a row now that Utah State has beat Weber State. Um, I'm a Brewers fan, and uh, often you will hear people say that the Cardinals have the devil magic. They just have this way of winning and beating your team. And I feel like that's what Utah State's got right now over the Wildcats. <laughs> like They just find ways to win against the Wildcats. Very, very, very pesky. Yeah, for sure. Simon, one last question for Gianna Moli before we let her go tonight. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of offensive battles, um, especially in-state schools, it's not one that we talk about a lot, but I always love seeing Weber State play Utah Valley because it's one of the in-state schools that we've played the most as far as, you know, out of conference even. It's probably the team that we've played um, one of the most in outer conference teams. And on that game uh, in late February, you had probably like – of extremely solid performance um, had a home run, even in it um, four RBIs, everything like that. Um, and I always kind of wonder like, what, what's the bus ride like coming to a team that um, is kind of considered a rival and one that um, has a history against Weber state. 
Um, what's it like for, you know, was there something that kind of fueled you up for that game um, with the team or um, Coach Amicon or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. We Every time we play an in-state school, obviously, it's a big rivalry. rivalry and we all, always want to win. And we play Utah Valley so many times throughout our season. So it's always a tough competition and everyone wants to beat us, I feel like. So we just come out there and we got to perform our best. And we always, always want to beat Utah Valley along with any other Utah school. Definitely. Yeah. So Gianna, that particular game was an interesting one. We've talked to some of your teammates about it, about the giant comeback where the Wildcats end up walking it off. I mean, you were, you were critical, like Simon said, in, in that game, hitting a home run with three RBIs. And then later, being the, um, I guess, the, the deciding walk that walks in a run and makes it a walk-off. Talk to us about that final at bat where you're up there, the bases are loaded, the game is tied, it is the bottom of the seventh, and um, you, you're just a patient, patient hitter. You get the you get the walk, and that scores, that scores the run to walk it off, essentially, for the Wildcats. Take us through that at bat and kind of uh, what was going through your mind and how you were able to kind of keep it together long enough to complete the comeback and get the dub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that situation, I knew I was coming up there, bases loaded, big game situation, but I was just trying to not do too much. I already had a good at bat earlier. So I felt like I was seeing the pitcher pretty well. So I just tried to take some deep breaths, go in there. And then, you know, all of a sudden the situation turned to be the situation you always talk about bottom of the seventh, two outs, bases loaded, three and two count. So I was just trying to really settle in there. And like I said, not do too much. I didn't need to chase pitches. I was just fouling them off, fouling them off until I got a good one. And she ended up throwing one. I think it was a rise ball away and took it. And it just felt like after that, I bet ended like, okay, I, I can breathe. I got it. I did it. I knew I could do it. I trusted myself. It was just a great feeling. Yeah. Great feeling indeed. And especially, you know, capping that, well, I guess basically like eight run comeback because I think the Wildcats were down 7-0 at, at one point in the game. And so capping an 8-0 run to come back and win win the game against UVU. I mean, absolutely incredible run. Fantastic show of grit by this team. Uh, that's I think that was one of the big reasons why we started calling you all no quit cats online <laughs> was because of that game right there where it was just like they were down 7-0 and they still came back and won. Like they'll they'll try and find a way if they can. So Incredible. Thank you. Well, Jenna Mamoli, want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here tonight on Weber State Weekly. Wish you all the best of luck this weekend up in Pocatello. Three games on tap against the Bengals, who are much improved this year. So we will see uh, how things go up in Pocatello, but want to wish you all the best of luck. We'll be watching, or maybe if you're in Ogden, take the trip up. It's a doubleheader <laughs> on Friday, and they got a Saturday game at noon. Just go up there. Jenna Mamoli, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us on Weber State Weekly. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you. Have a good one. I want to thank Gianna Mamoli one more time for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, she's just a freshman and has been part of so many big moments already. Like, I think that, that just is that's just a good sign for her career going forward as a Wildcat, right? Like being a part of this team and just talking about it. And we've talked to some other other current Wildcats who were freshmen in the 2019 season where the Wildcats ended up being conference champions going on to win the first first tournament game in Big Sky history that year beating Cal State Fullerton in regionals um, just I think that there's a lot to be said there folks for the experience that these young freshmen and even some of the sophomores are having this year yeah, totally agree. And I do think, you know, there's something to bringing in our freshmen for those big games um, to have that experience against some of the non-conference teams that we've had, I think has been awesome for our freshmen to get that experience. And once again, just speaks to the fact how Coach Amy Cohen continues to build this team. Yeah. So, folks, let's talk a little bit about this week. Um, I've got my talking points prepared. Uh, let's let's start with the Utah series um, because there was a lot of hype going in. Uh, the two best teams in the state going into that first game in Salt Lake um, was close, right? It was close, close up until a certain point. I think it was the sixth where yeah. the Wildcats um, ended up giving up. What was it like three? They gave up three runs. 
and then it was kind of out of out of hand at that point. Um, so tough loss in Salt Lake. Arissa Henderson uh, takes the L. Um, I think for the first time this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and so I was like, ah, that sucks, you know. But we all talked about last week. Just get the split. It's it's great. And so the Wildcats come back on uh, on Sunday, and I think uh, Jessica, you had the chance to be there, right? I ended up, I watched it from home, but on ESPN plus I watched it. Yeah. But like you said, standing room only, there were like 500 plus people at Wildcat softball field. And from what I hear, the majority were Wildcat fans. It wasn't like a bunch of Utes fans showed up to watch the Utes softball team play. There were Wildcat fans there and they were excited. And uh, Simon, did you end up going to the game? Uh, Unfortunately not. I think that was one that Emily went to that one to cover that. So okay, yeah, I had a little bit of a different assignment that day. <laughs> All good. And yep. so, uh, and so, yeah, man, I mean, Wildcats ready to come back and they do in, in just absolutely crazy fashion. They hit four bombs in that game to win at nine, five, been a little bit worried about the offense lately. Uh, but the past couple of games, the offense is really just kind of, they're back, you know, nine yeah. runs against Utah. 10 runs yesterday against Utah State, even though it was not a dub. Um, is this offense back and is it ready to go for conference play? I, I think they are. And what was fun about that Utah game on Sunday, that first inning, <laughs> that's like an hour. Like yeah. they were just in it and it was a good way for us to start. And and I, I, th- I think the offense is back. I think that, and to especially have a showing like this again against two really good non-conference teams after Sunday. I was like, Oh my gosh, we got this split Utah state. And last night watching the game, I was like, we're going to do it. Um, but I think that it's, it's just a really good showing. We've had, you know, a, a little bit of changes, especially with pitching back and forth yesterday. But I think that overall um, the, the offense is strong. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on the bats right now? Oh, for sure. Well, I think like one thing is, um, you know, we, we're not only looking at that win, but I even look at that loss to Utah State right there. You know, anytime we have a double-digit game right there, um, huge. Uh, one thing that I love about this Utah game, though, is the fact that, you know, we see another bomb from Marissa Henderson. Not, mm-hmm. not necessarily a bomb, but, like, you know, just gets three runs in, um, and then Chloe Camarero comes up right after. And I'm like, I just feel bad for that pitcher. Honestly, the one that has to go up against Arissa Henderson and then Chloe Camarero. Um, but yeah, I think the bats are definitely back up. You know, you, you get these games that are nine, 10 score games. Um, you know, that's the offense is fired up for sure. So, yeah. And how fun was it that Mika Chong got her first home run last night? Yeah. She was brought in to pinch hit and, you know, you, you just wonder how she's going to do as a freshman and to get that home run was awesome. So it's nice to split it up too, to have our solid folks like Chloe and Arissa now at this point, but for Mika to get her chance last night as well was just awesome. Right. We published the story on her the day before that happened. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could have gotten that in there. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So right now, Wildcat pitching, um, this is before last night. um, So this might have affected these numbers a little bit. But Wildcat pitching has surrendered less hits, less runs, less earned runs, less doubles, less triples and less home runs than any other squad in the big sky. Um, like we said earlier, now taking the, the Wildcats will take the trip up to Pocatello to begin conference play. Most of the conference has already begun conference play. They started last weekend. And so we've had, we've seen some, some matchups already take place. Do you all think that the pitching can last? Does it feel like maybe it's kind of like taking a little bit of a dip or having now gone through the gauntlet? Do you accept, do you, do you all think that like it's going to hold steady against, uh, this big sky slate. I think um, like I have a lot of hope and, you know, faith coming into this with, um, you know, the pitching coming into the in-conference play and everything. Um, you know, we still have Mandy Seegan's undefeated record. We didn't mention that yet. She's still six Oh, so we're still there. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think one thing is um, we, we have a phenomenal we have a phenomenal pitching crew and they've played against they're they're maintaining those records against top teams. Uh, and, yeah. and these are incredible teams. Um, 
I think there's only a few teams in the big sky that are really up to that level that Weber State has been playing right now. So I think that's one of those things where I think we can definitely maintain that. Um, and I think it's something that we will see happen. I agree with Simon. Last night was a little bit interesting because we had Mo in, then Mandy came in for just a second in the fifth, and then Mo came back in. And so I was like Googling, can they even do that? Um, because it's just not a standard play. So that yesterday worried me a little bit, just that, you know, are we getting tired? What's going on? Of course, this is one game. So, you know, we can, a lot can go on. But I think we, we were able to even – get through our pitching weirdness yesterday and have an incredible game. So, and I think that yesterday speaks to that, that even when we're having an off night, like we've got three fantastic pitchers in rotation and there just aren't a whole lot of teams that can say that. Right. Um, and they've all pitched big games. It's not like we're going to Arissa every time, right? Like Mo and Mandy have had just as big a game. So I think yeah. that we're going to carry it through the season for sure. Yeah, I mean, because going back to the Utah game, um, you know, Mo had a little bit of a rough start, gave up three runs in the first, like, oh, shoot, um, you know, what's going to happen now? Wildcats maybe off to a rough start in Ogden. Are we going to get blown out? Uh, And then they make the pitching change and Mandy Sink comes in. She did not get a strikeout in that game, which is kind of weird, but Mm -hmm. she locked it down for the most part. Like they did not score another run on her until the seventh. She gave up two in the seventh, but at that point it was basically garbage time because the Wildcats were up nine to three. So it's like, cool, you got two. You're still going to lose, you know, because of the offensive explosion. And so I think that you're right, Jessica, that I don't think that there's another team in the conference that maybe has this depth at pitcher when they're on. Right. Because we've seen that, you know, some of the, some some of the pitching has been a little bit up and down. I mean, Arissa Henderson has been steady the whole time, but um, Mo's had some games where it's been a little bit tough. Um, Mandy Sink has largely been, you know, pretty consistent, hasn't had as many appearances. Um, but I look around the conference and, you know, Idaho State's got, uh, they've got a great pitcher. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. We will see her this weekend. I'm certain we will see her this weekend. <laughs> but um, also right now, Portland State has a, a great pitcher in Olivia Gray. Um, uh, Haley Rainey is is the pitcher at Idaho State. Yeah. And then um and then Sac State has uh Marissa Bertuccio. And so you look around and it's like, okay, they've they've got a couple, but really nobody else has that. Like Idaho State has Emma McMurray. Okay, she's got a 3280 RA right now, and she's sitting right there. You know, Mandy Sink and Mariah Ramirez are sitting right behind her. And plus Arissa Henderson is is up near the top. And so I look at that and I say, nobody else has what the Wildcats have right now when they're on, right? So, so Simon, like, the, the, the thing is, like, do you feel that this Wildcat squad can kind of maintain that? Are they able to stay consistent? Because I think that that's the key, right? Because we've seen them pull through on big games, but then we've yeah. also seen them, you know, not as consistent and lose games where they should probably win. Yeah. And, and that that's one of the things with being a, a team with very effective pitchers is that, you know, there will be those off nights. Um, and especially like this is a sport that has a lot of, you know, we're looking at March Madness right now, but baseball is, you know, exactly up there with its unpredictability. Um, but it is one of those things where you, you see these stats and, um, you know, these stats that Arissa Henderson and Mandy Sink and Mo Ramirez are putting out. Um, and you're able to kind of, how do I say this? Um, it, they're consistent. Um, and so there, there are always going to be those games where they don't um, maybe, they just don't have it that night. Um, but I think for the large majority, they will maintain that because I, I think they're that consistent. So. Um, Jessica, uh, I wanted to ask you now. So you talked about, you know, you watched the Utah State game last night. Um, right now, since the conference, we're, since Wildcat softball came back in 2010, the the record stands 8-13 and 13 in favor of Utah State. Uh, they've won the last three meetings now. What's up? Like, what do they got some kind of voodoo magic? Like I said, they got the Cardinals devil magic that they got. Like, what 
What's going on, dude? How come they just find ways to win against the Wildcats? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, Voodoo Magic might just be the answer. They are a solid team, right, from a solid conference. Yep. And so I, I think it's nice to have them as an in-state rival like we've talked about before because it, you know, for all intents and purposes, we absolutely could have beat them last night. And there were multiple innings where I sure as heck thought we were going to. So. Um, I, I just think Utah State is a solid team and a, and a good conference, and it, it demonstrates in the matchup. At some point, we're going to come back and we'll be on top again. Yeah. Um, Simon, um, talking to you now, Weber State ends the non-conference season um, with a five and two record against the Mountain West Conference. Yep. It was I, I had my I had my tweets ready for if the Wildcats beat Utah State because, you know, Mountain West Conference champions, I was ready for that. Didn't get that, unfortunately. But then um, also, I uh, wanted to talk about... Um, hang on a second, guys. I wanted to talk about... Um, also, they have three Power 5 wins now, um, which ties the the school's record for a season, beating yep. Kansas, beating A&M, beating Utah. Um, yep. Does that mean anything or does it all, is it all out the window once conference play starts? Because now all bets are off. This, anything could happen. Like you said, softball can be very unpredictable. What are you thinking? It absolutely means a ton. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at this from a legacy perspective because normally we get into the preseason and we don't think this really contributes to the legacy of a team. You know, we, we don't look at it as something like that. We measure success by it's like, Oh yeah, it's the preseason. They're going to play hard teams. They're probably going to lose. And they didn't lose it a lot. Like they were winning these games and they were staying competitive. Yeah. So this is a, this is a preseason that means a ton, especially to the school. You know, we, we take preseason and we say we're basically showing the nation, hey, this is what we got. This is our team. And we did a phenomenal job at that. Um, you know, I think it it will be a letdown if we if we don't win the conference cha- championship. You know, I, I don't think that, that goes without saying right there. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think that this preseason means a ton. And that, you know, it obviously when you come in on a roll like that um, and you come into conference play, you're fired up and, and you know what you can do and you know the teams that you can – be competitive against. Um, and so, yeah. Jessica, what do you think in there? Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, this has been an incredible season. I just had to, you know, check our RPI again, because now I'm going to keep checking it as we get into conference play and we're still 48, right? And this is before the Utah state game, but that's not going to bump us a whole lot. The next closest big sky team is 73, right? So like we are, kicking butt and taking names um, in terms of our, our season overall. And I think that, yeah, it, it, it means a lot. And for heaven's sakes, I can only anticipate that'll continue through conference play. Yeah. I noticed, um, I think it was the WSU softball account tweeted out. They have this kind of like mid major uh, rank, yeah. right? Yeah. Obviously on there, but I noticed UNLV up there. Uh, they've got like six losses. Yeah. Two of those are at the hands of the Wildcats. You know Pretty what I mean? Sure. And so it's like, man, you caught lightning in a bottle that weekend. You beat a great team twice on their own field. That's definitely helping the RPI right now. Yeah. And so you got to wonder if, you know, I think this is going to be kind of weird to say, but like you're also going to kind of be a fan of like Texas A&M or a fan of San Diego State or Utah going forward, right? Because the better they do, the better it helps that ranking. And so come committee time, should the Wildcats not, you know, complete the ultimate goal, which is to win the conference championship? Is there a chance that it's a two bid league? Is there a chance? I don't know. Strange to be sitting here thinking about, right? Because it's not normal. You know, we're used to, oh, you got to win the conference championship if you want to go to the tournament. Maybe not with the team sitting at 48. Who knows? Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's fun to look at those stats, right? Cause exactly what you're saying, Texas A&M 31, Utah 41. Like I, I think that it's, it's going to be exciting to watch and it certainly could be our first two bid year. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this coming week. Like we said, three games on the schedule for against Idaho state in Pocatello, a double header on Friday. And by the way, folks, this is how, all the conference games are going to go going this season. 
it'll be a doubleheader on Friday and then a, uh, a, a noon game on Saturday. That's kind of how it's going to work. And so Idaho State, not the doormat they've been in the past. I mean, much improved right now. They've got wins over Cal State Fullerton. Who we barely lost to. They beat Boise State for the first time since 2016 the other day. Uh, that was probably a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they beat Utah State twice, I guess. So whatever. Think what you want about that. Um, so right now, the Bengals are second in batting average in the conference. They are a very, very tough offensive team. But also, I noticed you know, uh, the, the emergence of Haley Rainey, who is the reigning Big Sky Conference Pitcher of the Week. I think she's got it back-to-back. Um, I don't know, folks. What do you think about this Idaho State series? Because this is not the Idaho State of old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that we, we come in against another strong hitting team um, to play against um, because I think that's one of those things we've been talking about. Can the pitcher stay consistent? This is the ultimate team to show that against for in, in conference play, right? Um, you got a team that has a great batting average overall, everything like that. And so um, I'm really excited to see that and kind of see it definitely helps place where we are as far as in conference play goes. Yeah. I mean, we, we mentioned the fact that they kind of have their, their two aces. They are, you know, they, they have a team ERA of 3.4. So it's like, they don't suck. I think the, and they also, their fielding percentage, they're fourth in the conference at, at nine thirty one, And so, uh, or sorry, I, sorry, I had that wrong. They're, they're fourth in the conference at nine sixty one. Sorry. That, that was like, you're like, what? That's not even very good. It's not very good. Nine sixty one. you know, compared to a perfect 1000. So, like I said, this Idaho State team is fundamentally solid in a lot of areas. Um, what do you what do you expect to see? I think it's going to be a little bit dangerous, right? So Chloe is our you know home run leader is still ranked nationally, but she's tied with Angelica from a- Idaho State, right? So should Angelica pick up a home run, right? Like it's just home runs are what scare me the most, the ability to get those, because depending on where you are and how the lineup goes before it it can change the whole game. So can we be, and should we be Idaho state? Certainly, but it takes one, you know, three run home run to completely shift the entire um, game overall. So I think that we should beat it. I think with our pitching, um, you know, we'll, ha- we'll have a chance to rest and get back out there. Um, but it, it'll be, it could be a close one. And of course, you know, three games. So once we start learning each other throughout the games, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised with two, one, obviously with us on top, but hope for three. Definitely. Yeah. To me, this right now comes at kind of a weird time because like we said, we've got maybe a little bit of inconsistency on the pitching side, but the bats have woken up. And so I think what this one's going to boil down to is probably offense, Mm -hmm. which team is going to be more offensively explosive because right now looking at the numbers, you'll say, Oh, we expect Idaho state to really do a number, right? But they haven't faced Arissa Henderson. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they would counter as like, yeah, well you guys haven't faced our two aces. And right. So, well, but we have three. Right. So if we could do it where we hold one for each game, like you, we're not going to know what to expect for the next one, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, yeah, like the, the, the team that is able to be more productive at the plate is probably and it sounds dumb, like this sounds like a John Madden thing where it's like the team that scores more runs is probably going to win the game. But it, like it's <laughs> it's more than that. Right. Like we're talking about like the team that is able to get to these, these pitching staffs because both are strong, both are mm-hmm. productive. You know, they're able to get get a lot of outs. I think the team that finds a way to put the ball in play, whether that's the Bengals or the Wildcats, that will decide the fate. Um, because I expect it to be a probably a two three split on either side. Just just looking at these two squads, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of who will win two games. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a, probably a really good series, really really good series. If you like if you like softball, definitely. And Angela Cano, she's a force to be reckoned with. Um, and she is, you know, top in RBIs, um, fourth in doubles. 
I think she is, uh, she's tied with Chloe Camarero right now. So I'm, I'm excited to see, especially those pitching battles right there um, and kind of see if we can get like, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a hitting derby going on um, and kind of see what Weber state brings to the table with Chloe Camarero or faith ho, or, you know, one of our top batters to kind of counter that. Yeah. It's a good call. And you're right. She is tied right now with Chloe Camarero with uh, home runs at nine apiece. So quite a player they have up in Pocatello. Yep. Well, folks, let's uh, let's switch gears here really quickly and go to our game. We're playing fact or cap this week. Let's see if our panel can smell a bogus statistic. First one off the desk. Wildcats currently lead the conference team ERA at 3.02. Is that fact or is that cap? Who wants to go first? I'm going to say fact because we have three pitchers that are in the, um, yeah, that are top ERA. And so I think that's probably, I think that's fact. Agreed. Uh, I'm going fact all the way. (laughs) You guys are, you guys are the best. It is a fact. You are absolutely right. The Wildcats currently lead the conference in ERA at 3.02. The next closest team, Idaho State, 3.40. So, um, a good squad in Pocatello. Like we said, it's going to be a, a sneaky good series, but uh, good job, guys. S- sniff that one right out. It's a good way to start this off. Now, let's talk a, more specifically about Arissa Henderson. She currently leads the Wildcats with a batting average of 366. Is that fact or is that cap? That's oh. cap. I think that Faith Ho still leads them, but I could be wrong on that. Simon says cap. Jessica? Yeah. Gosh, I think I have She's to say cap bombs. too. Okay, she she's saying cap as well. Bombs. Yeah. Man, you guys are too good this week. You are absolutely right, Simon. It is Faith Ho actually that leads the leads the Wildcats with a BA of three six six. Man, two for two this week. Man, you guys are you guys are rolling. So let's talk about defense now. Mia Rushton currently leads the team in fielding percentage at a perfect one thousand. That includes, um, what was it, like 47 attempts or something like that? I, I can't remember what it is. What do you What do you say? Is that fact, fact. or is that cap? <laughs> That's a tough one. Simon, I think about it. Twice. You have to vote with me this time. I, I'm voting for you. Yeah, you voted for me the two last time. Yeah. So I'm voting with you this time. There we Jessica, go. Unequivocally, right out the gate, says fact. Mm-hmm. Simon agrees. I'm going to agree. Yeah, that, that's a tough one, though. I, uh, yeah, I, I'll agree with Jessica. Though. Awesome. Yeah. Smart man. It is fact, in fact. There we go. Mia Good job, Simon. Yep. <laughs> great job in center field uh, in, her, in her sophomore campaign. Does lead the Wildcats with the perfect fieldings percentage. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk about the team. Weber State does not have a single player in the top 10 in the conference in ground into double play. Is that fact or is that cap? Ground into double point. I can hear the wheels turning. Mm. Uh, and I got a good one right here. I got a good one. They're thinking about it. Oh. A fact. I'm going to go fact. That's so specific. I'm not even going based off knowledge this time. I'm just going <laughs> with such a specific one. I'm going to go with a fact. Okay. Uh, that is. <laughs> I'm trying to think how many double plays we've had. Are you yeah. going to tell us when you give us the stat? I'm going to wait for it. I think we have someone in there. I think we might have. <sighs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go cap on this one. Sorry, I'm, I'm oh, splitting oh, off. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jessica saying fact. Simon yeah. saying, "Cap, we've got a split now. This is the first time this has happened." Yep. <laughs> okay. The answer is, it's fact. Yes. Oh wow! There we go. You failed me. That's what happened there. That's what happened. Yep. <laughs> Not a single wildcat has hit into uh, or has is in the top ten for ground into double play this season. Um, there are a lot of contenders there at, uh, from eight down, there's one each, but, uh, right now leading the conference is, uh, Maylee Newman for Idaho state. She's got three, oh, great. She leads, she leads the conference. And then uh, good set to hear Colby, <laughs> yeah, but 
you're also going to see Piper Tago. Uh, she's she's coming up. She's got two as well. And so uh, I think that if you're a pitcher like Mandy Sink, music to your ears, because I would say firmly that Mandy Sink is a ground ball pitcher. That's how she gets work done. Yeah. So a couple of Idaho State Bengals on the list could be good news for Wildcat defense this weekend. Definitely. All right. Final one, guys. Mia Rushton currently leads the conference in strikeouts. Zach, factor is that cap? Cap, I think she's number three or two. Okay. Simon's saying cap, that she's closer to two or three. Jessica Euler, you um, trust Simon here? I, I am because Simon didn't trust me and we saw how that worked <laughs> out. And we're a team, Simon. <laughs> you forgot. Game. So I'm, I'm going to go, go cap. There we go. Okay. She's a team player. This is what you get. And she's wise for choosing your choice, Simon, because that is true. That is cap. I think we've all learned a valuable lesson here tonight. Yep. That's right. Mia Rushton is actually second in the conference in strikeouts right now. Which Who's is first? 26. Jane Sepulveda uh, out of Southern Utah. Uh, SUU having a really, really tough go uh, this this season. Um, not going to be a good season for the Birds as they make their way out of conference play. Um, sitting in the basement, a lot of categories, and that is one. But um, strange to see Mia Rushton struggle so much at the plate this season when she was so productive last year as a leadoff hitter. Um, so hopefully, uh, as the season wears on, she's able to kind of right the ship that way and uh, get back on track. But uh, that's factor cap. So you guys went, uh, well, Jessica, I think you were undefeated. Right? I was. Yeah. I was. Simon, the only one to choose against. Yeah, choose. yeah that's fine. I, I thought I saw something on there. That was, yep. <laughs> I feel like I should give some sort of award to Jessica. Here. I feel like you should too. So how about this normally what they do when we watch you know i don't know if you ever watch around the horn or anything like that you get you if you win you get facetime right you get a certain amount of time to talk about whatever you want and so i think i'm gonna do that right now i think i'm going to give jessica 60 seconds to say whatever she wants to say let me just do the thing really really quickly let's set it up 60 seconds here we go. Time is yours. I'd like to discuss three topics in my 60 seconds. The first being, oh my, oh, you're going to show me. Okay, that's fine. Arkansas Razorbacks losing in the Elite Eight. Heartbreaker. I think it might be rigged for Duke for Coach K's last season because we all wanted a Duke North Carolina Final Four matchup. I feel like they didn't even like poll the audience to see if we wanted it. Second topic, really, really, oh my gosh, there's only 29 seconds. Super excited for Idaho State. I'm going to call it now. 2-1 Weber State. Um, Arissa pitches the whole first game. Not going to call the rest of it, but excited. We're going out 2-1. Finally, I would just like to say the importance of being a member of the team when we vote in the future that Simon should learn a lesson and work together so we collectively um go into the final block as a team. So that's, thank you for my 60 seconds. Man, there it is. There I think it's it like is. Top Gun, right? You never leave your wingman behind. That, yes, that was that's exactly what it is, Simon. Never exactly. leave your wingman. <laughs> I think that, that was, was great. That was, pretty good. that was pretty good FaceTime. I said you went through a lot of things. I have to say, I agree with you that I am very suspicious that St. Peter's got blown out that hard by North Carolina, mm-hmm. that, the, that the run just came to an end, that they were never in that game all of a sudden. And right. then, like you said, that Duke uh, and North Carolina will now play each other in the final four. I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, Simon, listen to Jessica when she has good sports takes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was my lesson right there. <laughs> and of course, I, I would love to see it. The Wildcats come out on top 2 1 over the Bengals this weekend in this three game series. Let's hope that happens. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. Of course, we've mentioned the fact that, yes, there will be three games this weekend two on Friday, April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day. Um, 
First, Idaho State at 2 p.m. Pocatello. You can watch that on ESPN Plus or drive up there. You know, make it a make it a make it a little trip. Stay over in McCammon. Uh, there's a nice little boutique hotel over there that's uh, halfway between Pocatello and Lava Hot Springs. Worth your time. Just saying. So that first game will be at 2 p.m. Second game will be at 4 p.m. on Friday. Then Saturday, April 2nd, Wildcats will wrap up that series at noon up in Pocatello. All those games on ESPN Plus. But of course, like we said, you can just drive up there. It is like an hour and 15 minutes to drive up there. It's not that far. Um, then on Tuesday, April 5th, Wildcats are taking the bus ride down to Orem to face UVU for the third and final time this season. So Wildcats have got the big comeback game, beat the Wolverines in Ogden. Now this will be a game against the Wolverines at, uh, at UVU in Orem. And we'll see what they can do. That game will be at 4 PM on Tuesday, April 5th. Once again, like an hour and 10 minutes to drive down to Orem and uh, see that game as well. But it is a Tuesday, so that's a little bit difficult. So at 4 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, I don't know. I'm sure that there will be a stream for that. It seems like most of the schools have done a pretty good job with a stream. Not everybody's on ESPN Plus. Just saying. <laughs> ESPN Plus. But most of the schools have done a really good job of getting streams up. And so uh, if we, if uh, the, if Weber State, tweets out that stream we'll be sure to retweet ourselves and share it so let's wrap up the show email us weberstateweekly at gmail.com facebook instagram twitter patreon.com slash weberstateweekly and the blog weberstateweekly.com thank you so much to our illustrious panel for talking softball tonight really appreciate all of you excited to see what comes of this idaho state series a little bit nervous but um let's see what we can do we got a good squad they got a good squad let's watch some good softball folks so we'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh.